Well, hey, gang, this is Bob Walaszewski, uh, typically the co-host of the Talking Story podcast, but today I'm going to do something a bit different uh, because Kelsey asked me to. A little bit of history about it. Um, a few weeks ago, we were recording a podcast, and it just didn't go as well as it could have. So we scrapped it and uh, we took another stab at it on another day. And uh, there's a good chance you probably heard that podcast. Um, But in that podcast, the one that was scrapped, um, I also shared something about how the 23rd Psalm, which I had read and reread and reread, had just stood out to me something in in the 23rd Psalm that I had apparently never even seen before. And uh, even though that podcast was scrapped, Kelsey said, Dad, I want you to do uh, a podcast on what you shared uh, about the 23rd Psalm. Now, that sharing was about four minutes or so, and this sharing will be longer than that. I'm not sure how long. Uh, I try, try not to belabor the point, but I do want to unpack um, what I had felt like I had gleaned um, from the 23rd Psalm. Now, I should also explain that probably in the last 90 days or so, I have read the 23rd Psalm probably 50 or 60 times. Um, That's not typical, um, but in this 90-day period, I just was reading it over and over and over again. And it's this one thing that that stuck out to me in one of the readings that um, I want to share. But let me read the whole 23rd Psalm, and then I'll talk about the part that um, is has me taping this for the podcast. It says, and this is the uh, New International Version, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil For you are with me, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. You know, I had um, been praying for years uh, that God's will would be done in my life. Uh, but to be honest, there were I was probably praying more along the lines that I could twist God's arm so that my will would be done rather than his will. Um, and not exclusively. I mean, there definitely are times that I just say, not my will, God, but your will 
be done. Um, but if I was, to be honest, there were a lot of plans that I made, big plans that I made, and I would pray and ask God that my big plans would succeed. What hit me, I don't know, about a month ago, was in, the, in verse 3, how it says uh, David, who is writing this psalm, asked that God would guide him in paths of righteousness for his name's sake, for God's name's sake. That's what hit me. So it, it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. I, shall, I shouldn't, shouldn't be lacking. Um, he makes me lie down in green pastures. If you're a sheep, boy, you don't want to lie down in brown, stubbly, gravel-filled pastures. You want to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. All those speak about God guiding us. Quiet waters, pure, good drinking water as a sheep, green pastures and plenty to eat. And, uh, and I, like about, I like those scriptures. Part of the Psalm 23 is it talks about God guiding me. He's the shepherd. I'm the sheep, green pastures, still water. That's what I want. But it was this next verse. He guides me, again, speaking of guidance, in paths of righteousness for his namesake. It occurred to me at that time that God is invested in guiding me. For his namesake is how he would prefer to guide me. If only I would want to be guided, not just in green pastures so that I can be blessed, in quiet water so I can be blessed, but so that I can be in paths of righteousness for his namesake so that his kingdom would be blessed. That was, that was the eye-opener, aha moment for me uh, that hit me. Um, it's not always the easy route, though. Um, to be in paths of righteousness for God's sake Oftentimes, sometimes, frequently, maybe less frequently, I'm sure we're never wanted, but sometimes there's some pretty rough things that happen along those paths for his name's sake. I think of the Joseph in the Bible. Um, he had this beautiful coat his dad gave him, uh, his brothers uh, threw him in a well, contrived to uh, get that coat, or they were jealous of, of the father's relationship in that coat, um, threw him in this well, and then a, uh, a group of traveling uh, salesmen, if you will, um, uh, happened to go by, and they decided, huh, instead of killing him, let's just sell him to these guys, and they did, and uh, then took the coat back to their dad and said, oh, dad, sorry, but a wild animal must, animal must have killed Joseph. Meanwhile, Joseph uh, gets to Egypt where he's sold um, to a man named Potiphar, um, but he prospers at Potter, Potiphar's in this job. He's basically a slave, but everything he touches turns to gold there, except 
Potiphar's wife begins to have a thing for Joseph. I'm sure much younger, um, but she desired him. And uh, one time alone in the house, she um, corners him and propositions him. And he isn't having anything. Thank goodness Joseph stays by his guns and does the right thing. But as he flees the house, she grabs his uh, robe and, uh, and he has to run off without it. And when Mr. Potiphar gets home that night, wife lies and says, Joseph tried to attack me. And of course, Potiphar's enraged, has him thrown in prison. Um, he's in prison for a long, long time. Finally, a baker and a wine bearer are thrown in prison as well. They both have dreams. Joseph is able to interpret. Uh, the baker is killed. The wine bearer is restored back to, uh, to Pharaoh. And David says to him, would you remember me when you go back to Pharaoh? And wine, he's so grateful for you know, having this good dream. He says, you bet I will. But he forgets. And so for two more years, Joseph has to spend in jail. So these are not paths of righteousness that are easy or nice. These are rough, sold by his brothers, falsely accused by Potiphar's wife, in jail unfairly, then has to spend two more years. And finally, the Pharaoh has a dream and no one's able to interpret it. But the wine bearer goes, oh, wait a minute. I was in prison once and I and there's a man there that interpreted my dream and it came true. And so Pharaoh calls him in and of course the, the rest is history. Joseph interprets Pharaoh's dreams, tells him about uh, seven years of very prosperous, wonderful producing years followed by seven very lean years. And, uh, and now it's time in those prosperous years to save up and for the lean years. And Pharaoh realizes it's true, and uh, he promotes him to second in his kingdom. And, and uh, eventually, uh, Joseph is able to save his brothers and his dad and their families when they travel down to Egypt for food. And he recognizes them, but of course, they don't recognize him. And, but he's able to save their lives. And in the 50th chapter of Genesis, uh, when dad has died and they're sure they're going to be killed, he says, no, I'm not going to kill you. You meant it for evil, but God had this plan for good. Um, again, they were paths of righteousness for his namesake. They were rough, but God had it prepared for good. A modern day example uh, is The Chosen. I don't know if you've seen this Life of Christ TV uh, series by Dallas Jenkins, but it is fabulous. I, I love The Chosen. I can't remember. I think there's how many episodes there are. Uh, eight, nine, ten, something. They're, they're, just, they're just great. But how it came about <laughs> was very rough in the life of Dallas Jenkins. I wrote about it uh, when I worked at Focus on the Family. I blogged about it because I had interviewed him. But he, Dallas had just finished directing a Christian film called The Resurrection of Gavin Stone. It's a cute little film. I liked it. Um, and he was convinced that uh, the Christian community was going to embrace it. It was going to do very well at the box office. And it was going to propel many more Christian films down the road for him. Um, but in fact, 
the resurrection of Gavin Stone flopped. Um, very few people went to see it. Um, very few people, if you, if you took a con- church congregation of 500 evangelicals and walked in and just said, how many of you have seen the movie, The Resurrection of Gavin Stone? Out of 500, I'd be surprised if you saw 10 hands. Um, so 490 people would have to say they'd never seen it. It was, again, poorly received. But in the path of righteousness for God's sake, something neat happened. Is Gavin is feeling sorry, is Gavin, is Dallas Jenkins is feeling sorry for himself over the Gavin movie and wondering, God, I did this movie for your sake and this was to build the kingdom and no one came and why? And, and he's so frustrated and pouring out his heart and he's discouraged and probably depressed and going through a rough time. There was a time where the Lord brought in this idea of the chosen, um, different steps had, had happened and it just looked like the way to go. And now uh, it's the most successful thing that Dallas Jenkins has ever done. And daily, more people are being exposed to it. I think it's huge so far. It's going to be better when season two comes about and three and on down the road. Um, this may indeed uh, be um, such a kingdom maker and so many people are exposed to it that you would have to say, thank you, God, that my movie, The, Gav- the Resurrection of Gavin Stone, bombed because um, I'm so glad you led me in paths of righteousness for your name's sake. So I want to just uh, encourage you today um, to be thinking as you're thinking about your life uh, to say, what is God's will for my life? And that concept itself could be big for you. Again, we have lots of different listeners to this podcast. Um, Many are Christ followers, but many aren't. Many just have been enjoying Uh, us highlighting ordinary people doing extraordinary things. But today, if you're not, if you are a God follower or not, I want to ask you the question, are you trying to make decisions and hoping that God will come in line with you as I've been guilty of doing? Or are you trying to be led in paths of righteousness, his paths, for his name's sake. There's a big difference. And if you're not the latter, I want you to consider that. Um, And to make it happen, consult others. The Bible says in the abundance of counselors, there is safety. Um, If you're married, what does your spouse think? Rarely, rarely, rarely do I think a husband or wife should go against their spouse's counsel when they seek it. Um, There could be a place for that, but I think God often guides us in paths of righteousness for his namesake through what our spouse says and a spousal advice. What about open and closed doors? God, please open doors, paths of righteousness, close 
paths that I'm not supposed to go down, even good paths that I'm not, like another movie that Dallas Jenkins might have made. That would have been a path, a good path, but not a great path. The chosen is the great path. Now the doors are open, the other doors are closed. Peace in your heart. You can't just do the Disney thing and trust your heart, but I'll tell you, you can if you're going with asking for God's guidance, looking at the scriptures for advice, you can trust that peace. If you don't feel a peace, it may still be the right thing. It just may not be the right time, but it may not be the right thing. And are you motivated for reasons other than yourself? If, If you're about to embark on something great and you're doing it for others, I would say you're much more inclined to be on God's path than your path if it's about, uh, about others. Because um, oftentimes when we get on the wrong path, it's about us. God, am I supposed to get this new Cadillac? You know, oh God, please open the door if I am. Well, I'm not saying you can't ask God for a new car but I'm saying that uh, it's a lot different to say, God, can I have a new Cadillac versus God, can you help me um, help the homeless of my community? Or God, can you open up a door where I can help people who have been trafficked? So again, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, Boy, I hope as you listen that God is leading you into green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. Oh, how I hope that your desire is to be led by good, clean, drinking, pure water that God has led. He restores my soul and that he guides me in paths of righteousness for his namesake and that you realize that God is, is invested in this. And when God is invested, his leadership is exactly what we need.